Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wafu FM. It's time! Gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Chris show. I'm the one that spells his name with a C at the start. And I'm a Kit and K, Chris. <laughs> Kit and K. Mm. It's not fair, man. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a word. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard, sneaking in there. Uh, so this week, uh, it's Event Horizon. Paul W.S. Anderson's Event Horizon from 1987. We're going to review and mm. continuing our journey into outer space with <laughs> Sci-Fi Month. Sky-Fi Month. Sky-Fi, as it's pronounced properly. <laughs> a little in joke, no one will get. We can't really explain it because it just makes us seem twatty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might listen one day. Yeah, you doubt it. So yeah, uh, we're going to go over some shit we've been watching lately. Uh, I guess is there anything else before that? Um, no, there's not really any any movie news. I think we've covered it in the previous show. Yeah, we just did it yesterday. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nothing really made just cropped up in the last. Uh, 24 hours. Although next week, maybe, we'll be able to talk about uh, the new Star Wars trailer, if it comes out tomorrow, if it leaks. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I mean, it's been, like, broadcast in some way to some fans or whatever that shit was. Yeah, they're doing the um, Q&A live on the internet, but I doubt they'll show the trailer. Mm. I think they've done that before. I think Comic-Con does that sometimes, but they don't show the trailers. Mm. Surely it'll get leaked. That's the thing. I think if it gets leaked, they'll put it up officially before, like, yeah. May 1st or whenever it's attached to Avengers 2. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about it next week. Yes. Uh, so what you be watched, sir? Let's uh, do what we usually do and go back and forth. Well, I don't think I've really talked since I've seen it about it. Uh, I watched Interstellar, finally. Oh, yeah. Did, um, was it full of tangerines and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> tangerine, tangerine. Yeah, it's just fucking Batman the cast, pretty much. Yeah, like, yeah. Very Christopher Nolan-esque. And... It's it's just a, a fuck on. I thought film, you were just right? going to end with and uh, it. <laughs> pretty well, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's pretty and and it's very dramatic and it's grand and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said it's just totally like Christopher Nolan esque. But in terms of the story, it's just thoroughly up its own ass. <laughs> Christopher Nolan esque, like cold and emotionless. <laughs> yeah, uh, it takes. I mean, fucking hell! It's about three hours long. Mm-hmm. It takes about an hour. Just to like get the the sort of the hook set in the movie. Once it starts getting off, you think, "Fuck me!" I've been watching this for like an hour and forty minutes or something. Yeah. Um, and then it all wraps up like in the last ten minutes. Like I swear to God, it's just fucking like done, and the credits hit you in the face. Does it have one of those like confusing 
self-indulgent endings. That's what I've heard from some people. That it's like it's got one of those endings. It's a bit of its own ass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it it kind of has a happy ending, but I don't know. I, I walked away from that film thinking, huh, I, I didn't get the ending that I wanted to see. Yeah, which is kind of weird because it is pretty much a happy ending. Mm. But I don't know. It's just like I don't really feel like Matthew McConaughey's character got what he deserved or anything. It was more like I don't know. It's just fucking something wrong going on there. Important, yeah, without important question, though, did he take his top off at any time in the movie? Um, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He's on his fucking yeah. contract. So. Just fucking Matthew McConaughey in it in space. Yeah. <laughs> it was all just like, hey man, my guys, have an explosion here. We'll, we'll be able to deal with it. <laughs> I'm in space, man. <laughs> yeah, like being like cool and collected about everything that's happening to him and stuff. There's there's a bit when they're like, because I hadn't really like seen much about the the film or even like who was in it. So when characters were turning up, I was like, oh, fucking hell, she's in it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a bit when they're like, oh, you know, we've got to, like, travel across the galaxy and find this this scientist. And they're all talking about finding the scientist. And midway through the film, they finally get to the scientist who's in cryo and stuff. And they open the cryo tubes and up pops Matt Damon. <laughs> and I, I just fucking laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I don't know, it was just fucking Matt Damon in space. That's weird. And, yeah. I, I had um, no idea he was even in it. Yeah, well, me, me neither. And it, like, he's, he's building it. I just must have missed it in the trailers and stuff. Mm. And he just fucking sits up and I'm like, oh, fuck off. That's just Matt Damon. <laughs> he like, he, he looks like he does in the Bourne Identities. He, he's just like the default Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was I was like laughing at Stacey like sort of doing my own dub of it saying like <laughs> like imagine if he like the opening they're just like fucking hell it's Matt Damon <laughs> and he's all like I'm just an actor man what am I doing here and stuff <laughs> uh, I just did not buy him in that film at all yeah. I'm sorry it was just fucking talk about casting gone bad mm. he stood out like a sore thumb <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't recommend that film, to be honest. You know, it's I, a fucking uh, short watch. I still haven't seen fucking Inception. I can just never be arsed with Chris Nolan movies, mm, really. Same again, yeah, really. Yeah, Inception, like, I finished the film and I was just, like, left looking at the credits going, <laughs> not really, I'm not really sure if I, if I like that. Probably get some people that stop listening to the show now because we don't like Chris <laughs> Nolan. It's like, ah! Oh! It's not, not, that, not that I don't like him. I do enjoy the Batman movies. But, yeah, yeah, totally. And I loved um, Memento. Yeah. But I don't know, it's just, what, I can't, I can never really get behind the hype of a new, when someone's like, oh, his new film's coming out, I'm just saying, yeah, I'll see it eventually. Yeah, yeah. And just like, that's twice now with two of his biggest releases where I, I, it's kind of ended and I've just felt empty inside. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not really sure what to think about that film. I've got a, it I've got a theory that'll piss people off. If Chris Nolan wasn't posh and British, he wouldn't be as highly regarded <laughs> Yeah, great possibly. The fact like, that he's quite distinguished, make his films seem more mm-hmm. distinguished. And like the whole Ridley Scott thing, isn't it? Like that guy fucking hasn't made a good movie since the 80s. <laughs> but people are like, Ridley Scott and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, like, buddy, it's just turkey after turkey from that guy. Yeah. I, I recognise he's an awesome, like, technical director and stuff. Of course he is. And, uh, you know, he knows how to point a camera and what camera to point and shit. He's, like, an, an awesome, like, probably, like, he should be, like, a DP or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, his films, just one after another, are, like, oh, what the fuck? All right, let's stop prodding at people and pissing them off now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah pro- probably, like, I just don't buy into the fucking, the hype that, you know, everyone's like, oh, mm. 
always about these these people, these yeah. these big directors and stuff who can do no wrong. It's just go what is this? You know that awesome Wells, what a cunt. <laughs> yeah, fucking Kubrick. Yeah. Fucking overrated. Give us Brett Ratner any day. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, you know, I, you know, I, I love all the right films, but I, I challenge any Ridley Scott film like fan to defend his like last five films. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Mm, that is true. There's some films where he has come out and I'm like, fucking hell, Ridley Scott did that. Uh, he knocks them out, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. He, he, like, secretly does them, <laughs> like, on a tropical island or yeah. something. Yeah, I did check after we talked about last time how old he is. He is 77, Ridley Scott. Mm. So, yeah, you, you might be right about the old Blade Runner thing. <laughs> yeah, too, right. Prometheus said, like, two Prometheuses and a Blade Runner. Mm. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> films like that, they normally take at least, like, three years each to develop and film and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm not wishing any ill will on him. I love Rich. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Definitely not. Got to respect, like, you know, Paul W.S. Anderson. He's a Geordie lad. Ah, <laughs> you're right. Not that that necessarily makes anyone a genius, you know. I just like to be a bit proud now and then. A bit, a bit of local pride. Mm. No, wrong with that. Wrong with that, indeed. Um, I watched a film, and I'd been wanting to see it for a while. It was sort of, I had a watch list on Amazon for ages, but then it came on Sky, and I was like, yeah, save myself some money. Uh, called When the Lights Go Out. It's a British horror film. came out about... Four years ago, I think. Oh. And it was alright. <laughs> nice. It's one of those films, man, that like, because I think it got really good reviews at the time. Yeah. It's set in the 70s, it's like a 70 set haunted house movie, apparently based on a true story. And it was good, it was like quite creepy and had some nice atmospheric moments. Then, literally, it's got one of those double bluffs where you think the ghost's gone after an exorcism and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then in the last two minutes, it's back, and the, then they finally get rid of it. Those final two minutes should not have been in the film. Mm. It literally turned in from like a sort of low key haunting movie, sort of like, I don't know, not the shine up, you know, like early stages of the first, the original Amateurville, like it's just a bit creepy. Yeah. And then like certain things will fuck with you. And then it literally turned into Harry Potter in the last two minutes. Really? I was like, what okay. the fuck? All of a sudden, like the ghost became some like the smoke monster from Lost. And then some girl throws like a little trinket necklace that is apparently the source of the ghost's power into like a mm. fucking heater and then like the some girl's spirit appears and it's like oh and like fucking it disappears and I'm like that was fucking terrible just, yeah like I hate, I hate films that like spend their entire film like their entire the entire process is like realistic and stuff and then it goes a bit mental at the end. It, it seems like it probably wasn't but it totally seems like something a bit like Exodus 3, where you can tell the last 10 minutes was reshot because they wanted it more over the top ending. Yeah, like the original ending didn't test well or something. Yeah, something like that fucking test. Yeah. It's just going, mm, it's not stupid enough. Can you make it stupider? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? The test audiences are weird. I know. I, I would be paranoid about using the test audience because what if you just got like a group of dicks? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would like want to repeatedly use a test audience and like different people for like a solid month. Yeah, well, there's always good stories on Kevin's Smith commentaries about like how weird and annoying the test audiences like test audience processes and that he said mm. there was a good thing where the, they came and Jay was sitting in the back like listening to the test audience and they didn't know they were there it's mm. when they, it was for chasing Amy and some guy stands up and he's like I want to talk about the Bangy character I mean I, I identify a lot with that character I'm like that guy I read comics I'm, I'm fucking very similar to that guy and at the end he turns out he's fucking gay what does that say about me and then Jay just shouts <laughs> from the back it means you're fucking gay <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that. What else have you watching, sir? I tried watching that Pandorum thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one you wanted to review for the show. Yeah, the one that everyone fucking raves about and it pops up in like underrated films of all time and shit. Mm. 
Well, it's always in those lists. Uh, literally, I've, I've had to keep checking to make sure I bought the right film. <laughs> okay. I, I made it like 40 minutes in, and that was stretching it. Yeah. Fucking hell, what a pile of shit. <laughs> it's like it was edited by someone with, like, fucking attention deficit disorder or something. Oh, my favourite type of edit. <laughs> it's like... And it just it barely makes any sense for, like, 40 minutes. And people apparently are like... Oh, I mean, some people are like, it's amazing all the way through. Mm. Uh, but some people are like, you know, you've got to stick with it. And there's, like... Once it all gets pieced together, it's like it's it's like an epiphany and it makes sense and stuff. But I, I don't want to watch a film for 40 minutes and have to fucking just hang with it yeah. until the end and then look back and go, oh, yeah. no, sorry, if you haven't entertained us for 40 minutes, then fuck off. Yeah, because there's, there's a big difference between like, hmm, this is intriguing, it's, it's a bit slow, but I'll stick with it and just like, this is shit, when's it getting good? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like... It, it reminded us kind of a like you know that oh what's called um, that film where they go all those girls go rock like uh, splunking or whatever. Uh, oh, the descent. Descent, yeah. Um, it was kind of like that, like the descent in space. Ah. Well, sort of. The, the, the monsters were. It's kind of like the plot is like two guys wake up from from cryo and they've been in cryo for like assumedly an unusually long amount of time because like everything's covered in dust and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they can't because they've been in cryo for so long. They have no memory, um, so they're just like, "Oh, who are you?" And they're kind of like suspicious of each other. The, the main character is the guy uh, Ben Foster. He plays he plays Bauer. Um, he's kind of like the innocent like lieutenant who is clearly like the main guy. And then there's Dennis Quaid who plays kind of like the not the captain, but he's like he's an officer. He's, he's like higher ranking than the main character. Um, Dennis Quaid just hams it up straight away. <laughs> Um, and you just get a sense immediately that Dennis Dennis Quaid is actually the, the, some sort of villain, or he knows more than what's what he's letting on. Mm. Um, once like this Ben Foster guy like leaves the um, the initial cabin that they wake up in, it's clear that it's quite a large ship that they're on, and um, it, it's like populated by people who were all like running around murdering each other and stuff. But in amongst all that, there's like these guys who have like mutated into monsters. Sounds like Event Horizon. <laughs> sort of, yeah. So sort of the same sort. Of, I think people always recommend it. They're like Event Horizon fans. Ah, right, I get you. I mean, I've jazzed it up quite a lot there. Mm. I mean, for the first like twenty minutes, it's just them and like listening to bangs in the walls and stuff. And then there's like this daft claustrophobic scene where he's, he's crawling around in like tunnels and it just and this weird editing going on and it's just a fucking strange film mm. for like 40 minutes you're like what am I watching and then like when the monsters do turn up they're just like they're literally just skinny guys with like latex prosthetics on mm. and running about and like again it doesn't really explain it and suddenly there's a female character and it's just all like very fucking thin mm. So it just did not, and you know what I'm like, I'm a really big, like, sci-fi buff and stuff, mm. it just did not hold my attention at all, like. mm, okay. At least you only yeah, paid a penny for it. Yeah, there is that, as well. <laughs> it's always worth it know. if it's just a penny. Yeah, I mean, I, I even, like, I had a few cans, like, as I was watching it as well, because I thought, oh, fuck this, I'm going to need alcohol. <laughs> but even that didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Pandora. And, and you, you can kind of know something's, you can, I think, I think you can, you should, people should take our, uh, recommendation seriously because we sat through the terrorists fucking twice <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know I'm not just like a popcorn munching sort of like there's no explosions <laughs> this, is, this is crap 
sort of guy, you know. But like, I, I need a film to like enthrall us and entertain us mm, and stuff. Yeah. Like, otherwise, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm only on this planet for a finite <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I'm not going to give it to like these half baked movies. What a brilliantly dramatic way to put it. I'm going to live forever, you know. <laughs> that there's only so much fucking time in my life to watch all these films and TV series and shit. Next, I'll watch the documentary on Netflix called West of Memphis. So you heard about the the case? It's about the three guys in Memphis in the nineties who were accused of these horrible child murders, mm-hmm. and a couple of years ago they were released. Like mm. there were, well, there was three documentaries originally, the Paradise Lost movies, which I've always wanted to see, but I've never seen. So I watched this one because it seems to be a complete sum up of everything. It's like two and a half hours, the documentary, yeah. but really, really good. It's like Peter Jackson produced it, I think, because yeah, right. he, him and like loads of celebs got together to try and um, set up a fund for them. So they had money when they eventually got out because they were all trying to get them proven innocent, basically. But right. it's a really good documentary, though. That's cool. I didn't know all the facts. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where you're like, like a bit of a witch hunt because it's a small town, religious town. These three weird kids are into metal. There was rumours mm. they were in a satanic cult. It's like, so you just, there's some of the shit they come up with in court and you're like, fucking hell. There was like police yeah. training videos for how to deal with satanic cults and stuff. <laughs> you're like, oh, but it's, uh, I'd recommend watching it though. Yeah, really good. Yeah. I'll have to have one. And two films. Uh, well, no, I actually got around to watching. I'd never seen it weirdly, which is weird because uh, it's one of my favourite comic characters. Uh, the first, not the first Punisher movie, the one with Thomas Jane and John Travolta from like two thousand and four, I think. Oh yeah, I'd never actually yeah. watched it before. I've just seen bits. I remember enjoying um, John Travolta's performance in that <laughs> He's film. He's not bad in it, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it, mm. but I just remember sort of chuckling at because he kind of plays like a mob guy, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like a sort of eccentric mob guy. Yeah. But yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than Warzone because Warzone mm. had too much of an uneven tone. Like when it was just yeah. the Punisher, it was great. Yeah. Because Ray Stevenson looks like the Punisher. Like, it, there's the most spot-on actor they've got yet to, for the, as far as appearance goes. And then it cuts to the jigsaw scenes, and you're like, it's like watching fucking Power Rangers or something. Yeah. But I enjoyed that one, the Thomas Jane one. It wasn't too bad. And Kevin, yeah, Kevin Nash's cameo is pretty funny. Uh, he plays, like, a big blonde Russian guy yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's been fucking years since I, I think, literally, the last time I saw that, I rented it from Blockbuster. Mm. <laughs> like, on VHS. And there are two quick ones that I couldn't, like, you with Pandora, I couldn't finish. Uh, Thor 2... <laughs> The Dark World, whatever it's called. Mm. Just because yeah. it was, I was in a mood. That was the same night I watched when the lights go out, which I managed to sit through. But I just was in one of those moods where like I didn't want to watch. Nothing was holding me attention. I was just like, "Fuck this!" Like I wasted me time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> I've only seen it once, um, which is unusual for me for for all those sort of Marvel type films. Uh, and I sat through it, and yeah, I didn't really get anything out of that film either. Yeah, I was like, I, was like, yeah. I thought I was I'm just watching this to watch it, not because I want to watch it. And I just went, oh yeah. fuck off, and turned it off. And then uh, thought, oh, you know what? I'll give myself, I'll try to cheer myself up with a comedy. So I tried that grudge match, the Stallone De Niro boxing movie. Um, all right, yeah, I've yeah, seen can, it. That, that can fuck off as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's just think of it. It's Rocky Balboa and Raging Bull. You know, Jake, mm. that should be fucking great. Yeah. A, but it seems like it read good, the script, and then they just didn't do any more drafts because all the, all the jokes and quote-unquote funny bits are just like, you, you immediately think of a joke that would have been funnier. Yeah. It just seems really lazy. Like they were just mm. relying on the star power to make money and it's like, well, you can't do that all the time. Yeah, we're ashamed that we would have missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just couldn't be asked to finish. I, was like, I think it got a couple of laughs out of us, but not like, you know, laughs. Like just going, yeah. Huh. <laughs> that type of laugh. Mm. 
but I might finish it. I probably, I'd probably finish it over Thor two. I'll get the Thor two fucking when the fourth one's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Thor two when it when Thor two ends, you kind of like it doesn't really progress anything. Yeah. Like the characters haven't evolved or anything, or it doesn't. Like that's kind of what I like about the, the the Marvel movies. You know, like each of the movies kind of progresses the it, character yeah, along. Yeah, yeah towards like the next Avengers film I guess mm. is like the idea but with Thor it's just like you were Thor at the start he had an evil brother and a girlfriend at the end of the film he's Thor he has an evil brother brother and a girlfriend still like nothing really changes I might have seen it yesterday Thor was just such a boring fucking character yeah, yeah. Like, why should I give a shit about Thor? Yeah, you, you totally hit it on the head, actually. Yeah, I was thinking about this last night. Yeah. I was thinking, like, yeah, he's just a fucking just, a god with zero problems and concerns, yeah. pretty much. Just some, like, <laughs> sexy bloke with a mega-strong hammer. What the fuck? Yeah. What's he got to worry about? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, all right, he's got a brother that's a bit fucking, like, a bit of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's cool. And, like, because of, like... Like, I don't know, like, built even, like, the Loki character up as, like, some sort of sex symbol now. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's not even that bad. It's just a bit dysfunctional. Yeah, every, every one of his scenes was just him smoldering <laughs> in an erotic way. And I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, Hiddleston, will you? You know you're fucking loved now. You know everyone's getting wet in the pants over you. Totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I would say, as usual, though, Anthony Hopkins got to do some good Anthony Hopkins shouting quiet, shouting quiet, <laughs> acting like he always does in those movies. Say you're not king, or whatever he says. <laughs> the best bit of the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine everyone in the cinema shit their pants when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that, that's it. Apart from um, first two episodes of Daredevil, which I'm enjoying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ration it mm. so I don't fucking... You know, watch them all in two days. Yeah, we, we briefly talked about this after after we recorded the last show. Like, because uh, I've been watching. Like, interestingly enough, I've been on the DC side of things. Mm. I've been watching Arrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, enjoying it. Stuff. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and enjoying it. Um, you know, whether I can continue watching it. <laughs> uh, I, st- I started watching that Supernatural. Uh, I think I got about halfway through Arrow, and I, I just fancied a change. I chucked on Supernatural, and, and like I'm n- nearly at the end of season two now. Hmm. So just I don't know. There's obviously something there, isn't there? Like yeah, but I think Jamie always recommends Supernatural. Yeah, hmm. <clears throat> I think it's just it's more. It's just better written, and the stories are more entertaining. Hmm. Where. I think Arrow's an overall entertaining idea and, you know, he's like a vigilante and stuff and that. I don't know, I think maybe I enjoyed the first three episodes of Arrow more than, like, as it was in the direction. And then after that, it's like it starts going in a slightly different direction. Yeah, I imagine, like, once they created, like, this hard-hitting, down-and-dirty, like, pilot and sold it to, the, to like, you know, the network or whatever, and they were like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go with it, it's cool. And then, like, people started getting involved and saying, can we tone down some of the violence mm. and stuff? Because it seems to be, it, it, with every episode, it seems to be getting, like, more mainstream. Yeah. And, like, and less violent and stuff. So it seems, it seems to have a big female following. <clears throat> yeah, well, well the, the main guy's got, like, fucking a ten-pack or something. <laughs> The guy that plays Arrow, and he's all, like, fucking oiling himself up every episode and stuff. <laughs> Even I get a bit of a chub on when I'm watching it. <laughs> apparently, is that, like, what's he called, Stephen Amell or something like that? Yeah. he's a big wrestling fan, apparently. They're always trying to get him to be on Raw. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. He's cool, like. He's definitely uh, the most charismatic person in, in the... You know, he, he sort of, like, stands out yeah. in the show. Like, the supporting cast's not bad and stuff, mm. but... Uh, I don't know. I'll probably I'll probably will go back to it. I'm interested to see how it crosses over with like uh, the Flash and stuff. Because mm. apparently, like 
the the arrow is like you know he's just a guy he's got his problems kind of like batman or something um and then the flash comes into it and the flash is just like a crazy superhero who can like do all sorts of stuff mm. so it's kind of like apparently it's quite interesting how the shows interact with each other mm. <clears throat> kind of like you know imagine just superman turning up in like the christopher nolan movies or something yeah yeah and I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see that. I'll, I'll have to stick with it. Yeah, I'll it. give it a go sometime, yeah. So that's it then for the movie re- mini-review jazz. Mm. So I guess we'll get on with Event Horizon. Yes. Yes. Horizon, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, was released on August 15th, 1997. My 15th birthday. Cheers, Paul. Um, initially considered a huge flop due to the film only making $47 million with a $60 million budget, but it did go on to develop something of a cult following. Uh, it was hampered with a short shooting schedule and short post-production period due to the release date already being set before production began, which apparently had something to do with um, the studio wanting it out before Titanic so they could have two hit movies on their hands in a short space of time, which is also always a great way to make a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. um, after bad test screenings, <laughs> as we'll get there, which we've talked about before, uh, with the audience objecting to the graphic going violence, the film was severely um, trimmed, resulting in the film we have today. A 130-minute director's cut, Once Thought Lost, was apparently found in VHS form by the film's producers a few years back, but has yet to see the light of day. The film stars uh, Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, Jolie Richardson, Sean Pertwee and Jason Isaacs. Sir, what's the plot of this crazy goddamn film? The year is 2047. A crack team of specialists are sent to investigate a mysterious message that has been intercepted from a long-lost ship, the Event Horizon. Lost for seven years after a failed experimental flight. Where has the ship been all this time? What horrors is it seen? The crew must race against time and demonic possession in a fight for survival. Mm. It's spacey and spooky. Mm. <laughs> so we'll play a small clip and then we'll talk about the film. Yeah. I've been listening to Distress Signal. And I am. Um, think I made a mistake in the translation. I thought it said liberate me. Save me. But it's not me. It's liberate tutte me. Save yourself. And it gets worse. There. I think that says X in fairies. Save yourself from hell. Look, if what Dr. Weir tells us is true, this ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe, of known scientific reality. Who knows where it's been, what it's seen, 
and what it's brought back with it. From hell. You don't believe in that kind of stuff, do you? Whoever sent that message, he should believe in hell. Yeah, as you said, the year was 2047, and uh, we're open with uh, quite an atmospheric opening, actually. With the shot going through the ship that's in, uh, well, the Event Horizon, with its zero gravity and ship floating around and stuff. It's uh, Sam Neill's nightmare, though. He's having a nightmare about the abandoned Event Horizon, and we'll have a floating guy that looks like he's fucked off Pinhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very, very relevant as well. The, the rest the, of yeah, the film in general is very Clive Barker, Hellraiser-inspired, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it, it draws, doesn't it, from, from various sources. And, and ironically, inspired other things after this yeah, as well. Yeah, like, yeah. You, could, like, you, you could also, you could, I guess if you were, if you wanted to, if you like both films, you could always pretend they take place in the same universe. Yeah, yeah it's like, literally, it's Hellraiser in space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wakes up and uh, he gives us this, I fucking just straight away just cringed at this bit for some reason. Yeah. Just wakes up, looks at a picture of a woman and says, Claire, and then looks at the picture and goes, I miss you. I'm like, you didn't have to fucking say that. It's kind of like the uh, the whole the old lethal weapon thing, isn't it? Mm. Staring at a photo and crying. But it's just the like, fact that like Mel Gibson doesn't say anything in lethal weapon. It's all no. in his face, Sam. It's like it's not necessarily Sam Neill's fault. It's bad directing slash writing. Like he didn't have yeah. to say a name. It all yeah. he had to do was look at the picture. With a, he's already looking at it longingly. He didn't have to be like, "I miss you." <laughs> yeah, and then he like he takes that photo and like adds it to his fucking shrine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, let go, man, move on. <laughs> yeah. But when you find out what happened, to it, you know. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, we're on board the amusingly named Lewis and Clark. Mm, oh, no, that's uh, later, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, that's the rescue ship, Lewis and Clark. Yeah. He's, he's on, like, some Earth space station first. Yeah, no, I'm just skipping ahead. <laughs> uh, oh, you're skipping ahead that much, Christ. Not that much. It's only like five minutes later, isn't it? No, I was just going to mention the, uh, the shot with the space station. Oh, yeah, of course. Apparently. That's really cool, actually, yeah. That cost, like, fucking a third of the budget <laughs> or something. Budget. Yeah, it took them, like, 40 <laughs> yeah. weeks to complete or something. But it was because... Um, it, it was like, shot before CGI. They shot it in like practical as a practical effect. Mm. So he was in like an actual room, and there was like a frontage to the space station, and the camera like panned back, and it was on like a track, yeah. and it was all like done in like in, like said as a practical. It is effect. a really nice show. Like. It is, but Christ, mate, you talk about prime use of CGI. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, <crazy. laughs> so yeah, on board Lewis and Clark, which at first I had to keep um, like listening. Going, are they saying Lewis and Clark? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is it a Superman reference? I guess it must be. Yeah. I can only imagine it's a Superman but reference. But it's spelled yeah. Lewis, as in the bloke's name Lewis. Mm, but it, maybe they just got it wrong. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's a rescue ship. It's on its way to answer... A, we'll find this out later, but maybe we'll see now. It's on the way to answer a distress signal from the Event Horizon, which, like I said, went missing like seven years ago. And Sam Neills was the Event Horizon's designer. He's a doctor, but he's, you know, like a... What is it? Is he a doctor? Is that what yeah, it's I suppose he's like a, a scientist, physicist, sort of or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so far uh, the tone is very aliens. Did you agree? Mm, yeah, like the crew waking up. You've got the whole like them going into Christ, uh, cry, uh, cryo and mm. coming out of cryo, and they've all got jumpsuits on. Yeah, and like even the sarcastic. Yeah, even the costume designs very aliens. The ship design, and then I did look up afterwards because I'm gonna have to check. The DOP was Adrian Biddle, who also was the DOP on Aliens. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they deliberately got like people like that involved in the film to like sort of boost it a little bit. Oh, you can tell like Paul DeRozan Anderson just wanted to make a movie that was like his favorite movies, like Hellraiser and Aliens, pretty much. Mm, yeah, and yeah, Alien, yeah. I suppose. Cause it's more Alien. The the tone of the film is more Alien than Aliens, I suppose. It's not really an action movie. Yeah, it's just like a small crew being picked off one by one sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, essentially, is like the idea behind it. But uh, yeah, well, they're in like sort of liquid stasis, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Sam Neill has another weird dream and did you, did you notice Sam Neill sucking his gut in while he's walking around yeah <laughs> oh, I just like that straight away all his ribs are sticking out I'm like come on just let it out you're, you're middle aged don't have to hide your gut yeah. uh, but he oh, spots um, a woman in the ship she's got no eyes and shit oh, what is this she's got red eyes and shit yeah that's when it starts drawing influences from like The Shining and stuff yeah, basically. yeah. Uh, it's horrible uh, reaction from Sam Neill. <laughs> he screams. Is it? Oh, God, I can't remember how you watched it yesterday. He just, like, he doesn't scream. He just goes, ah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's the kind of noise where, like, your dad would make if you were like, ah, fucking hell, man, look at the mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm not, I'm trying to have a go at Sam Neill. It's just, I like Sam Neill a lot. I think he's a great actor, but he's got some moments in this where I was like, Christ, man. Paul DeRiss Anderson yeah. sort of tapped him on the shoulder and went, stop, stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that now. I was going to drop it in at some point. I, I do probably think Sam Neill was a little bit miscast in this film. A little bit. I mean, not so much as the Doctor. He's always great at playing Doctor safe characters. Yeah, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. He's, and he's a very safe character. Mm. Just, I don't know, like, there's something about his performance that's like, I don't know, it's safe, I guess. Or he's got, he doesn't have a very threatening voice. No, I think is is the issue. He's not a very threatening guy. So the makeup and stuff later on in the film is like really good and that. But I'm still not really like threatened by him that much. I, I, I wasn't really threatened. But I did think he was quite good and over the top and quite menacing when he get in the later start in the later parts of the film and stuff. Yeah. But good old Larry Fishcakes plays the captain. And he's a bit of a twat. He doesn't even let Julie Richardson get ready before going to the bridge. <laughs> I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. it'll take two minutes, Larry. Give us a fucking second. And it's very, um, sort of like post-Morpheus performance. Mm. Uh, pre- Pre-Morpheus, Pre-Morpheus. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's always cool to like look back and see Fishburne in his prime like, mm. films like this. I do love I do love him. And he's such a charismatic he's, uh, guy. He's got like. one of the most recognisable voices as well, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, but Sam Neill explains the mission and spouts some balls about black holes and lights being or something. I don't know. I always tune out with shit like that. I'm like, I'm like I, I guess it makes sense. Just whatever. Get on with it. He's talking about, yeah, like faster than light speed and all the rest. The ship can generate a black hole and it uses that black hole to pass through a, a temporary hole in space mm-hmm. to get to another point, essentially. I was like, uh, actually, funnily enough, just been talking about um, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. The, you know how he explains the way the ship jumps through space, he folds a piece of paper in half yeah. and pushes the pen. That basic exact scene is also an interstellar. Yeah, I think I've seen it in another <laughs> film as well. Work. I think it's one of those textbook uh, explanations that always use a yeah. piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, fucking just fold space. Yeah, because that's doable. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's like you could do it with anything. You could be like, here's a cream cake and like imagine cream cake as space now if I eat the cream cake space is no longer there that's basically how we travel through it like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <because laughs> it's fucking science fiction 
<laughs> I don't know. It's just like an oversimplified way of like explaining something. Yeah, but how do you fold space, mate? Don't say, uh, well, that's the hard part. You get emails going like, "Don't you like fucking Star Wars?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you've got to like. You know, sort of suspend your disbelief a right. little bit. Like, yeah. I, I do like though how he uses the guy's like uh, centerfold to explain Sean Penn. And he's like, "Whoa, wait a minute." <laughs> Yeah, that was quite you'd, think you'd be like, fucking what you're doing? Spaceman, it's his spank bank material, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, but they get the plain eerie, tran- the transmission that they got that seems to have a bit of Latin in it, mm. uh, which they the think at the moment says, save me, which is quite creepy as well, using Latin. I quite like that. Yeah, yes. yeah I always think um, the guy that, uh, it's Jason Isaacs, isn't yeah. it, that plays the, the guy. I always think like that line could have been horrendous. Mm. Why he like recognises it's Latin, but because that guy bless him such a good actor, he kind of pulls it he off. Does. Yeah, he's really good in it. Actually, the whole movie, I like his character. I like his character a lot, actually. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's a very underrated actor, mm. Jason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said like, if you really think about it, you know, they're in space. They're a rescue crew. They hear a recording of Latin, and he just happens to speak Latin. I don't know. It just seems a bit like a, a bit of a, a hard beat to swallow, right, but yeah. he pulls it off. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. And he's that, like, stock character of, like, the... You know, they don't really go into it too much, but you get the impression he's the weird... Not weird, but the, the loner of the group. Yeah, but uh, apparently I was... Like, uh, I watched the documentary and I was reading some of the, the, like, stuff about it and that, and his character wasn't really written like that. I think it was literally Jason Isaacs, like, because he is kind of like that. Oh, right. It, like, had an influence on the actor, because apparently, like, there's a bit later on when there's a... Well, they built a full-size prosthetic, basically, mm. Um, like a dummy of him and it was all like gory and stuff and he like asked to take it home and shit and <laughs> it was just a bit weird he like apparently like weirded out the some of the the uh, effects guys and stuff which mm. so, is kind of cool that like each of the actors kind of influenced the characters yeah which you know is, is quite normal for a movie but it's just cool that like it kind of shone through that he because he doesn't like you said he doesn't outright say or there's no like scenes described like explain no, why just, you get the sense he's a bit just weird just the way he plays it yeah yeah, yeah, that's really cool, yeah. <laughs> but they reach the event horizon and uh, some of the crew go on board. You get quite a nice jump scare here with a severed hand floating and touching old fish burgers and he shits his pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this film this film definitely does a good job of, of giving you the cheap scares. Like. Yeah, there's lots of um, bluffs, like doors opening behind people, like right there when Samuel has his first nightmare when he's walking through the ship. Yeah, yeah. And just a big blast opens behind him and I was like, fucking hell, man. I had to keep like, yeah. adjusting the volume because it was always like ridiculously loud as fuck. He's suddenly going crazy loud, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see the big gravity drive, which is um, this big sphere with two circular things going around. And apparently, I was reading in the trivia that it was originally supposed to just be a big black sphere, like a liquid. Mm. But yeah. Anderson changed it to. It kind of looks like the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, like with the. Basically, I think that's around. what what like influenced me. Yeah. I wanted it something like that mm. and it's it's such a fucking badass design it is like, really nice yeah 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 i mean i will say this about the film it looks gorgeous uh the set the event horizon sets like fucking ridiculous it's crazy it is yeah that's one, really, that's really one nice. thing i liked about it the set design like everything yeah. like it's shit you miss now when not so much that they don't do sets anymore but like when the stuff that's just green screen even mm. there's still green screen in this film, but just I'd miss really practical, lived-in looking sets that you just don't get as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of the the young rookie of the crew uh, is pulled inside um, when it opens, causing shit to like go mental and like on the Lewis and Clark, and you get fires and shit all over the place. I'm not really sure yeah. how that happens. 
It's supposed to be like the um, I'm going to get all dreamy and scientific here, oh, but uh, <laughs> the the gravity drive creates like a, a gravitational pulse that goes through the ship. Oh yeah, and yeah. and because this and because the Lucian cloud is like already tenuously linked to the ship, it just like basically fucks it, and all the pressure blows out and stuff. End up with a big hole in the side of it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the crew heads to the horizon now. They turn on the, uh, the gravity, and you get a really nice shot of a frozen corpse smashing to the ground. Mm, yeah, yeah, just a quick throwaway scene, but it is nice, though. Mm. Yeah. And they find out they've only got enough uh, air for 20 hours, so they've got to fix the ship and fuck off within 20 hours, amping up the tension a bit. Uh, one of the crew uh, finds a kid with monkey legs. <laughs> That's just what I'm yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a hallucination, okay. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it's hinted at, but it's very quick. You've got to catch it. But basically, that character's son is like in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You see when she's watching the videos, and like Lawrence Fishburne says, like, "Oh, you know, yeah, sorry that you you had to come here and stuff. You're gonna miss your son's birthday mm-hmm. and stuff." So it hints that she has like some sort of disabled son, and that's kind of like her personal beef. There's a lot that- that's just not. I don't want everything explained, but you can tell if the, if you've watched the 130-minute version, it would lot, a lot of things would be a little more clearer, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the film probably has, like, a slight pacing issue mm. because because of the cuts. Because, I mean, you know, if you believe the hype on, like, IMDb, and I'd say 30 minutes of Walter Ward gore porn was cut from this film. And yes, that, apparently like, there was a lot like, cut out, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it wasn't quite that. I think probably... 10 minutes of gore and 20 minutes of, of like, exposition oh, yeah. was actually cut out yeah, of this yeah, one, yeah. probably. Uh, and I think it does harm the film a little bit, because, yeah, you, you don't... I know the, the crew's really cool, the actors are really nice, and you don't really get enough time with no, them before they start dying. Not really, yeah. And it leaves some characters just being, like, there. Like, you know, like, it's typical with horror movies, but it just seems like the characterization is just, like, doled out randomly. Like, some characters, you're like, hey, what's his name again? Mm. And I'm guessing that's a lot of stuff that's missing from the, the film. Yeah, exactly. Just that, it, unfortunately, that wasn't the film's fault. It was just fucking stupid studio and test audiences and stuff. <laughs> test audiences, much. Uh, the Sam Neill scene when he's in the, like, the air, this green, weird air duct scene, that was really nice. That was quite freaky, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fucking weird. Like, I can't remember, I think it's, like, magenta or something, that colour or whatever. Mm. Um but apparently it's like, it's a naturally unsettling colour to human eyes, really? apparently. Yeah, I was reading some of the trivia. And that's why the light sort of went for it and filmed it in that way. And it is, yeah, it's a fucking weird scene. But you just, it's, I mean, as soon as he climbs in that that little crawl space, straight away you just know shit's going to happen. <laughs> and it's very bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, the actual jump payoff isn't really that satisfying. It's the build-up that's more, that's more yeah. eerie and unsettling yeah. and, like, makes your skin crawl a little bit with the lights going out and coming on Aye. and stuff. I was about to say, yeah, you just think, fucking hell. That's a very good way of doing that, this film, unsettling you without actually doing anything. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the next book, I, mean, I don't know if I've skipped a lot here, but the young kid, Justin, who was sucked into the the gravity drive, he tries to throw himself out the airlock because he's all gold crackers and he's a bit possessed. And that. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah, you've not skipped that much. Um, yeah, he's uh, obviously he's supposed to be, like, possessed on some sort of, like, days or something. Mm. I remember when I first saw this, I, 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 like, it did fill us with like proper feeling of dread when he like he snaps out of it. Yeah, yeah. And he's all like, "Where am I? What the fuck? Open the door, please!" And they're all like, "We can't." And like that anticipation that you're about to get blown into space. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh Jesus! Like a proper like, I don't know, feeling in your gut. I did chuckle a bit when um, fucking fish fingers is coming in on his um, spacesuit. 
to save mm. the day and he just goes Justin <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all dramatic very dramatic yeah. and with it being Fishburne it's just got that great boomy gravitas to it but I still chuckled yeah. at it a bit <laughs> uh, but he, he he doesn't does he die no no he doesn't and it's it's a very well done scene actually for the time mm. um, being blown out of space I mean, I will say people aren't actually sure about it's like a miscon- misconception about what happens to the to the human body when you get blown out in space because mm-hmm. literally no one's no one's done it before. <laughs> so, <laughs> no one's going to um, go. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- there's various people. I mean, you don't explode or anything. Um, I think a lot of people do actually say as long as you exhale all the air out your lungs and like hold your breath. All the blood will rush to the surface of your skin, but you should be able to survive like half a minute in space. So it's it's quite realistic, really. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's, it, it ramps up the gore, like all the blood spraying out of his eyes and stuff is a bit grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a really cool scene actually. And you, you get him back into the the uh, airlock, and he's all fucked up. Basically, all the bloods like come out of his veins. Yeah, I really like that uh, effect with like the pulsing red veins like popping out of his skin and stuff. That was really nice yeah, effect. yeah. But I, they're just there. Uh, after that, they throw them in cryo, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the, is it CJ, the Jason Isaacs character? Um, yeah, D... DJ. DJ, DJ, yeah. He yeah, says he's been listening to the Latin, Latin translation again. And upon further listening, it actually says, save yourself from hell, which was also yeah. quite nice. Like, yeah. a bit like, ah, that's a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this around about the time when we actually see the video? Yeah, it's just not, it's the next yeah, scene, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, which is uh, pretty grim, but apparently this is something that was way, way more graphic in the original version, which the test audiences um, disagreed with. <laughs> when you read the descriptions, it's probably not as bad, but you can probably see why they were so disgusted. Yeah, the descriptions are all like fucking someone gets raped with a, a panda escadildo and stuff and that, and it's all like, what? Like, <laughs> shit, that doesn't even sound right. Because you know? apparently they're like hired porn actresses and stuff. They're hired porn uh, actors and real... Um, the amputees, yeah. yeah. It's all like a man pulls his organs through his mouth, someone gets sodomised. The pipe. <laughs> it's all like, I cannot imagine that in a in a sort of Hollywood-esque film. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go, mm. apparently it was cut out. It would be interesting to see, though. <laughs> yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Up until this point, there's been no real goal, and then all of a sudden they throw that at you, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, the sort of the hell flashes and that video and stuff does a good job of, like, you know, being unnerving and stuff. Mm. Uh, it looks like pretty grim. Like I would think I would be immediately wanting to get off that ship at that point. Chuck yourself out of the airlock. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'll risk it. <laughs> uh, but this is kind of the point where shit starts. We're kind of into the third act here, and this is where shit pretty much starts to kick off and get crazy. Yeah, like uh, Sam Neill's character oopsies craziness. And I kind of stopped taking scene-for-scene scene notes here. I don't know if you did. I was just going to leave it here in case of spoilers. But if you want to carry yeah. on, we'll carry on. Yeah, well, I've, I've got notes, because, um, uh, fuck it with me as well, man. It's 97. If you haven't seen this film already, uh, tell you what, pause it, go fucking watch it. It's on it, Netflix. Back, listen to it. It's yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, I think it's always getting chucked on YouTube and all sorts of shit, mm. but I encourage you to buy it. I mean, you can get the special edition DVD for, like, fucking three quid or something. Your penny. Uh, yeah, it's available out there, folks. Go see it if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> Yeah, we're starting to get the sense that Sam Neill's character, Dr. Weir, he's not 
actually batting for the same team mm. at this point in the film. Yeah. Like, he tries to open the door to let, like, some creature monster that's pursuing them at some point, some imaginary monster that's banging on the door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, his character, like, sort of says, well, I think they're saying we'll need to get off the ship and get home. Uh-huh. And Dr. Ray's character's like, I am home. And then he disappears into the darkness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's basically the scene where we're like, yeah, he's a fucking owlin, basically. And this, this surprisingly, is the first character death really uh, the Peter's character mm. uh, the, the med lady the, the one who's seen the, the disabled son yeah that's quite um, nasty actually yeah because they're all getting set to leave the ship getting all the they're getting packed up and as she's about to leave the call room she, she thinks she sees her son and she pursues him goes into a corridor so gleefully runs towards him with her arms out and falls down a fucking massive shaft. Yeah, like next to the gravity drive, like bangs off the wall, and like when she hits the ground, her legs are all mangled and just blood fucking splashes everywhere. I was like, Jesus Christ, that was nasty. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really, really grim death. Mm. So I think it's again, like I don't know, it's it's not outright just a monster cutting your throat or something. It's like it she, it, she was tricked to kill him, into killing herself, yeah, and I think that's scarier. Yeah, there's no real monster in the film. No, yeah. So you know, I mean, like you know, you can't really relate to you know a big monster appearing, like I said, and cutting your throat or something, because you're like, well, you know, that never happens. Mm. But you know, hallucinating to the point where you fall with painful death is kind of like fuck. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. We see Doctor Weir kind of probably an issue with the scene where Doctor Weir he's already you know he's now freaked out and disappeared into the darkness, saying I am home. But then as soon as he sees Peter's body, he's all like, oh, Peter's mm. and stuff. It's a bit weird, like, so is he a good guy or a bad guy at this point? What's going on? I just assumed he's slowly getting taken over by whatever's taken over the ship. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's just a bit strange. I just wish they would, like, he, he just hadn't seen that. He, like, the character just disappeared from that point, and mm. sort of, he was the villain at that point. Is this the uh, scene where we get, like, the story of how his girlfriend died? Yeah, because basically, as he's hunkered over the body of Peters, he starts hallucinating, mm. basically. And then he's he's back at the space station. Uh, you see, he's, and yeah, I always forget about the scene, and I think oh, it's quite quite cool actually, because you always just assume she died in an accident or something. Mm. But essentially, she, she's supposed to have like slit her wrists because, assumedly, she's in a loveless marriage or something. Something like, like that. One of those. You're spending too much time at work. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus, selfish bitch. <laughs> Bit dramatic, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just fucking get a divorce. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it, it hints at and, and very Shannon esque again. Yeah, does it matter? Never see naked birds in baths. So I always think about the Shannon. Although she's still got her neckers on. It's all that about. I know, I know. It's that straight away. Like, what's, what's happening? She's got who gets in the bath with underpants? And especially on? when you're going to kill yourself. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit strange yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'm pleased you've noticed that, and it unsettled you as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember exactly why. He gouges his eyes out, but he... It seems to be a thing amongst all of them. Even in the video, they're all blind and stuff. Yeah, I think the, the, the like, hallucination of his like ex-wife or whatever, she says, like, I'm going to show you things. Yeah, that's another bit. That's yeah. a total yeah. Hellraiser reference. She says, We've yeah. got, I've got such wonderful things to show you, which is kind of yeah. a alternate version of we've got such uh, such sights to show you from Hellraiser, yeah. which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, cool, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, he gouges his own eyes out with his hands. Nasty. Yeah. Which is grim, uh, and then it flashes to the loose and Clark. Apparently, the ship's been fixed; mm-hmm. they're all set, ready to go. Uh, we see the English guy. Uh, to his character name is what's it called? Not Cooper. I remember, it's not Sean Pear, Smith. 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 Yeah. Smitty. Smitty. Yeah. yeah, we see him on the ship getting set up to leave, and he, he sees Doctor Weir like sort of disappearing from the ship. He's obviously up to no good. Mm. 
Turns out he's planted explosives on the ship. Cheeky little bastard. Yeah. Um, ship explodes. Classic. They're stranded on the event horizon now. We've got no options. Mm. Yeah, fucked. But Sam Neill let them in on something earlier in the film, like saying uh, there's explosives in the big hallway, mm. which if in the case of an emergency, you can blow the hallway and you can use the back of the ship as sort of an escape pod type of thing. Yeah, it's totally an exposition scene, that, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're getting spoon-fed what's going to happen later in the film. <laughs> Is it like, oh, what are those, Doctor? They're explosives. They're the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you may as well have just said. Um, and yeah, they pretty much come up with that plan. They're like, right, the Lewis and Clark's fucked. We're stuck on this ship, but there's no way we can stay on this ship because Doctor Weir's trying to like take it back into hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to explode the central corridor and escape on the front of the ship. And uh, this is where, like, the dock is all fucking naked. <laughs> oh, no, that's later. No, yeah, as I say, what point? No, yeah, because first we have the go to the bridge. Can't remember why. Fucking trying to hijack the the, the, the ship or something. Dr. Weir turns up. Um, oh, yeah, I think that Lawrence Fishberg is, uh, finds Stark. Here, we've not really talked about much. The the, the sort of female lead yeah, in this Jolly film. Yeah, Richardson, yeah. She's quite nice. Yeah, she's, she's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, she doesn't really get a lot to do in this film, to be honest. Yeah, I'm guessing a lot of her stuff. I think it says in the director's cut that there's a subplot between, like, a former romantic link with her and Fishburne's character that they just totally got rid of. So mm, imagine that's most yeah. of her scenes in the cutting room floor. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, she doesn't... She seems like she is the, the female lead. I mean, she's, she, by the end of the film, she's essentially, like, the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, she doesn't really do much. Um, she, she just apparently gets knocked out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne finds her, uh, wakes her up, and then uh, quite a cool, creepy scene with Sam Neill sat in the captain's chair. Yeah, with his eyes gouged out and shit. Yeah, yeah and he's, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's all like, Doctor, what have you done, your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's quite cool. Cooper, which we sort of slightly missed out, Cooper gets blasted into space during the, the uh, Lewis and Clark scene where it gets blown up. Yeah. Uh, he gets shot off, but he, he manages to return at this point using his ingenuity and his jetpacks and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a funny scene where he, like... <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's totally out of place. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit comedic. He's all like, hey, guys, I'm back. And then he's all like, no, gets shot at yeah. by Dr. Weir. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> comedic. Like. It's when he's, like, floating in space and he's like, man, why has this happened to me? <laughs> Something like yeah. that. And I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like open it up apparently I think he was probably like a loose cannon on set from like if you watch the making of mm-hmm. uh, all the actors are like oh yeah Richard T. Jones was like just such a barrel of laughs and <laughs> he improvised a lot and you would always like be looking at the script going where did he get that line from <laughs> and I think like you got to remember like Paul Anderson was still quite young mm-hmm. I think this was only his third movie yeah, so it was, just yeah. after Mortal Kombat. His first film was British film Shopping, I think, if that's the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's like his first or second film or something, mm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think another director, more seasoned director, might have told that guy, like, you know, turn it down, really. This is a fucking horror film yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. I was going to say it might be a fucking, like, uh, dub job because the test audiences were like, it's not funny enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that scene might have been, you never know. It seems right? like it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they could have easily just added that stuff on, couldn't they? That sounds like the test yeah. thing, a dickhead in a test audience would say, uh, this horror film isn't funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I was just like, get out. <laughs> like, people, like, I've read reviews of this film previously where people are like, Cooper's character provides, like, a welcome like a welcome break from the tension of this movie or something. Mm. But it's like, why, why would you want a break from the tension? I, I want a film that, like, you know, it makes my arse clench from like 
20 minutes in, mm-hmm. right till the end, yeah. sort of thing. So when it finishes, yeah, Jesus. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's, there's too much comedy. No, but I no. know what you mean. Like you could that bit was just made us go. That feels like it's out of a fucking police academy in space or something. Yeah, it pulls you out of it. Yeah, I mean, bit. no one says, "Oh yeah, the comedy cops in Last House on the Left <laughs> bring a welcome relief." Yeah, <laughs> like, that, yeah. If those fuckers went in that film. It would be ten times more fucking effective. Yeah. So the genius thing about it, right? You could go into this film, right? You could edit the film. Take out the, those lines where it's like, "Why does this happen to me?" and just overdub it with like heavy breathing yeah. and a helmet. Yeah, yeah. And how fucking scary would that be? Yeah, like even more <laughs> tension on top of everything else. <laughs> but yeah, Sam Neil shoots at Cooper, who's on the outside of the the ship, um, shoots him through the window, and it it like explosively decompresses the window, and mm-hmm. um, pulling Sam Neil to his death. So we think. Mm-hmm. Fishburne manages to get out of the, the bridge and he seals the compartment, not before refusing to give up on his f- female compatriot. Oh, yeah, he's the hero. Yeah. Again, it, it kind of ties in with his character because his, tar- his character's supposed to be like, the ship's fucking around with his head because at some point in, the, in his past, he's like, he's had to like shut a, a door and leave a crew member behind who's like burnt to death. Yeah, because he keeps hallucinating about him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it's quite nice. It's a, it's the classic. I mean, it's Star Trek's done it like loads, that storyline where like the captain has to make the hard decision to shut the escape hatch yeah. or else all the crew will die, leaving the crew member behind mm. to die and sort of sacrifice and stuff. Yeah. So it kind of plays on that scene. He's like refusing. He, he could have shut the door, but he refuses. He, he has to get stuck off the bridge. And is it now when Sam Neill turns up all naked and covered with cuts and stuff? Basically, yeah. It's like it's kind of like he said, like, the ship won't let me die, so it's brought us back. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's all he's all naked. Whether he's hallucination or not, you don't know. <laughs> There's a... Um, there's a montage that I think might be on the special edition of it's like a really rough rough looking f- montage of all the um, c- some of the cut stuff mm. and you know the scene where blood falls down this, the ladder well, or yeah. she falls down covered and there's like a big fucking river of blood behind her and stuff Yeah, there's a scene that came just after that that they should have left in it was so creepy on the same shot where they run away Sam yeah. Neill crawls forward down the ladder and looks at them and I was like that's fucking creepy why the hell did they cut that out <laughs> yeah uh, it's funny that the stuff that's cut from this one because mm. it's quite a short film actually it is only 90 minutes <laughs> by today's standards mm. you know what I mean like, and it could probably do with being like 20 minutes longer mm-hmm. just to pad out some of the some of the scenes and, and let some of the tension build a little bit more yeah so, so yeah, like that scene would have been like quite another good like sort of freak out tension building. Moment, yeah, definitely because they're just kind of running away just to save themselves at that point. But when you know you've got naked, bloody Sam Neil behind you, <laughs> makes yeah. you want to run even more. And Sam Neil, yeah, I suppose he, he does. He, once he's covered in all the makeup and stuff, he does quite. I mean, he, he he tips into like the maybe slightly hammy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, but uh, that's not a bad job. Like when he's like, "Let me show you" and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like grabs Lawrence Fishburne and shows him like a preview of what's to come when the when the ship goes back into the, the alternate. That's dimension. another bit on that deleted footage montage that's like thirty seconds long of just more and more horrible imagery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maggots and shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he looks totally Hellraiser esque as well at this point. Yeah. Naked covered yeah. in scars and stuff. The makeup's pretty crazy, it's really right? Really nice, yeah. Yeah, it's a full body fucking suit, isn't it? Like in the special in the making of documentary, like there's some wide shots and he's like full on got like a dick and everything. Nice. Like it's like a full on like pretending naked suit. Mm. Like, Jesus, <laughs> no wonder they didn't show that in the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's loads in the director's cut. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say 
the the sound like is let the movie's let down by the sound at this point a little bit where like Sam Neill's like throwing Lawrence Fishburne's character about oh, and, like, so, and it's all yeah I know that down I was just like what's with the fucking cheap old cartoon sound effects they just don't match <laughs> like, this film at all no like I don't know where they got those sound effects from but they stand out like a fucking it's horrible films. yeah it really yeah, like, takes out the scene because all you're listening to <laughs> is the crappy sound effects <laughs> uh, so yeah that's a bit of a shame mm. uh, yeah the captain manages to in between taking the beating from Sam Neill he manages to get the remote control for the corridor explosion mm. uh, explosives that were set up earlier on and he and he says, he he says you're terminated fucker <laughs> yeah essentially <laughs> you're terminated <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he says something like that, doesn't he? He's got a line. He does, yeah, I can't remember what it is. Anytime someone presses a button and then something happens in a movie, I just think, you're terminated, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the explosion goes off. The front end of the ship is thrown forward, saving Stark, uh, Cooper, and I guess that Justin kid. Mm. Uh, so they're left on the front end of the ship. Um, Lawrence Fishburne is stuck on the back end of the ship with the demonic Sam Neill. Yeah. Uh, and they get pulled into the the hell dimension. Mm. Right, so he goes down with the ship. Bless him, old fishburn. Went out a hero. Yeah, he'd be kicking um, ass in hell now. Yeah, <laughs> well that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like a fucking spawn or something. <laughs> 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 that would be cool, wouldn't it? Imagine that Lawrence Fishburne in his prime playing like fucking spawn. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, it cuts to seventy-two days later. There's a rescue crew who have found the wreckage of the Event Horizon, and it has sort of like a fake finish here, doesn't it? Yeah, one of those bluff, bluffy type horror finishes. Yeah, which you can... two bluffy finishes as well, yeah. which is a bit like, I always hate. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, the, the, one of the rescue technicians is all like, "It's all right, it's all right. We're here to save you, ma'am." And then takes off his helmet, and it's Sam Neill, and then he's uh. like, "Surprise!" <laughs> then she wakes up. So it was just a, a nightmare. She's kicking and screaming. She's been brought. It's the, the she has been rescued. There are technicians there, but uh, as the camera pans out, the, the door slowly closes with like a, a bit of a voiceover saying, "You're safe. You're safe." And there's kind of like an undertone that they're not actually safe. I, I just I did I didn't take that. I just thought it was one of those like arsey fucking done in the cutting room endings because yeah. it just sounds like they've put that line on at the last minute because there was no dialogue there or something and it just sounds a bit forced uh, probably yeah. it does say something on the trivia that the ending they've got is a combination of two endings the shot when the shot three okay. yeah so I don't know I thought it was a bit of a damp ending, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it probably was. I think it probably could have just ended with Sam Neill lifting up the helmet, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a bit corny, but it would have been a bit better than just like, us. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. I mean, plus I will say, like, I never got the plan with the whole Event Horizon. Like, they're like, we're going to blow up the f- the front, the middle section and escape on the front section. It's like, well, yeah, but aren't you still on the, the Event Horizon, though, technically? <laughs> like, I thought, they were, how was I thought that? they were on the back section. No, the, well, the escape on the front section. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah the gravity drive yeah, at the yeah. back, isn't it? Yeah. At the back, yeah. But, like I said, like... The plan is to escape in the front section of the ship, but how is that improving things? Because you're still on, like, a fucking demonically haunted ship, aren't you, technically? I suppose. Like, like does it, can, can it only haunt one section of the ship at a time? Maybe. <laughs> so I always assumed, like, when I watched the film, I thought, hmm, I, I would be like, well, we're fucked. Because even if we escape on the front end of the section, we're still on the fucking event horizon. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I kind of always took it. It was like literally the fabric of the ship that was like. Yeah, that's kind of what it, it hints at, isn't it? That it's the ship itself, not necessarily yeah. just the bit with the gravity drive. Like if yeah. you're connected with the gravity drive or whatever. Yeah. So like escaping on the front of the ship is not really going to help you much. Like, no. Apparently, it does. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's a cool film. I mean, what do you what do you feelings overall? On? I thought it was a decent film. I thought it was a. It's like a good idea that could have been great type of thing that's why yeah. i would really like to see the director's cut to see if it makes any difference i mean i love the fact that it's a simplistic premise mm. like i always love films where like a team of guys are having to like board something or find something and then the they find out that shit's gone bad and then everyone starts dying mm. sort of films i always love that like sort of any film that involves that sort of premise and i guess i kind of i liked the films like The Descent and stuff, mm-hmm. where it starts, you know, that they're going into a, they're going into a situation that takes them out of their comfort zone, mm. and uh, and they all like die one by one sort of thing. Mm. I love it, but yeah, I, I love the simplistic premises of, of it that they're just trying to salvage a ship, basically. Yeah, just all those mega tits up. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it, it's kind of like a haunted house film in space. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. Probably one of my favorites, to be honest. Like, I think it's it's highly underrated. Um, I do think it's underrated, definitely. Yeah, 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 which is like a shame. It was a, a massive flop. Mm. Uh, it failed to make its budget back. Yeah, so, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's just like one of them sort of horror films. Like it, it does what a horror film should do. It unsettles you without being in your face gory. Like you know, like the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Um, How could we it, forget? It yeah, it doesn't show you much. It unsettles you and it gives you daft jump scares and keeps you on edge throughout the film. Mm. So for me, it ticks all the horror boxes. Which I guess maybe one thing that the director's cut will change if it's got more graphic going, it you might not like it as much. Mm, yeah, yeah, like too much is not always good. No, no, so, definitely not. No. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like the score because I was like, mate, you can't go wrong with Michael Kamen's scores. I mean, even though like yeah. and then you're like, fucking die hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite character? Probably got to be Fishburne. Mm. I think. Yeah, Sam Neil. Like I said he's slightly miscast. I love Sam Neil. I think. I'm such a big Jurassic Park nerd that I just I can always just like see him as Dr. Grant and stuff, mm. <laughs> which isn't his fault, obviously. Um, but I do think he's slightly miscast in the film, just slightly. I don't think he's totally miscast, and I wouldn't say he gives a bad performance. I just think there might have been better people to like play that character. Yeah. I really enjoyed him in the last 15 minutes when he's all crazy and demonic. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. When we finally do a carpenter month, we'll definitely have to do in the mouth of madness. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's badass in that. Yeah, uh, I would go what with. Um, I, like I, I like Sam Neill in the last fifteen minutes, but I think I'll, that was my original choice. But I think I'm going to go with Jason Isaacs' character. I really liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely an honourable shout out to Jason Isaacs. Like, he's a, he's a fucking powerhouse of an actor, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, like small sort of CV really in terms of films. He's in the fucking Harry Potter's, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he plays fucking Malfoy. That's it. Yeah, called. of course. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really cool in, in those films, I guess. Mm. Kind of a, a typical bad guy type character. Right, right. Uh, scene, favourite scene? Probably um, when the young kid first finds the gravity drive. Yeah, that's a nice scene, yeah. Just for like what it what it is and how it's done and like it's a big fuck-off practical effect on like Pinewood Studios and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's just really cool. Yeah, it is nice. I, would, I might go with the... I like the video of the crew going mental. Yeah, that was nice. Nice shocking moment, but also the uh, what's her name? The character that falls and uh, Peter. Peter's, yeah, yeah, I quite like that scene as well. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, eerie with a really nasty payoff. 
Yeah, and just like I said, it's not over the top. Yeah. It's not like some monster biting her head off or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just literally her being fooled into falling to her death. Yeah. So I guess, would you recommend it? I would indeed. Certainly would. Highly. I would. I, I love the look of the film and the tone and stuff. And I, I said, I just think there's a better film in there somewhere. And also, yeah, yeah, and no, I would agree with that. Um, I, I would recommend it to people just... Uh, as a film to like watch with a girlfriend just trick her into saying oh it's quite a cool like action flick where they're trying to like find an experimental shit and stuff and then just watch your girlfriend shit herself the entire film <laughs> did you watch it with Stacey then? <laughs> yeah I did yeah I think that's kind of sold it to Stacey like oh it's kind of like it's a guy that directed Mortal Kombat and it's kind of like a sci-fi flick like it's sort of like Star Trek Star Wars stuff and then, like, when she was watching it, she, like, her eyes were covered through, like, th- a third of the movie. <laughs> she, and then, like, she, she refused to sleep with the lights off, bless her. You, ho- <laughs> you, you horrible bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot, actually. To be fair, I did kind of forget how, like, intense some of the scares are. Mm. Uh, so, because it just right through the entire film, there's jump scares and stuff. So, yeah, she, she probably, she was, she was a bit upset with us, like, that well, night. I got your Hellraiser <laughs> 1 and 2 for Christmas. Why don't you watch them with us? <laughs> Yeah, I should do, shouldn't I? You, yeah. you can't show the box of them, though, and go, nah, it's just some action film. <laughs> she won't buy that, yeah. will she, really? Don't show the box. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that, then, Event Horizon. Yeah. Shall we do, yeah. we said, we're talking about a couple of films we're going to do for the next two weeks. Shall we do Running Man next week? We'll do Running Man, yeah. Let's let's tone it down a bit. Go for some a bit. action sci-fi. Yeah, a bit, a bit of uh, campiness. I'll be honest, never never one of my favourite Arnie movies, but it's been a long, long time since I've seen it, so... No, I enjoyed it last time I saw it. So I, I, I picked it up in a Blu-ray box set, mm. um, and yeah, I did enjoy it. Like it's 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 uh, a black sheep of Arnie films. It kind really. of is, yeah. Not not as much as Raw Deal. <laughs> No. <laughs> Which I always think of as the black sheep of Arnie's 80s movies yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but it's got a lot of wrestling connections on it. Jesse Ventura's in it. Isn't Vader in it as well? Um, yeah. I misremembered yeah, play, it. No, no, I don't know. Do you think, I don't know, there's, there's a guy that plays like the big chainsaw That's guy. That's what I thought was, might have been Vader, but I don't think it is. Mm, don't think it is. I could be wrong, mm. but yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> mm, yeah, Running Man next week. So get your leg on and that and get ready. Yeah. Uh, until then. Take it easy. Just keep it real. Keep it real. Don't switch the lights off. Yeah. Don't, um... I can't think of it. <laughs> Don't get on a ship with a experimental gravitational drive. That'll do, and, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, that, that always goes wrong, that shit. It does. I was going to tits up. <laughs> <laughs> so, until Wednesday, catch you on the flip side, you mother crushes. Bad bad. Bye. Hi, I'm Stacey with Aness, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafufm. Thanks for listening. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.